You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. This permit was big for Tier 1 as uh, we knew that we had something special at Kerbaya. And the permit allows us to not only expand our drilling, continue drilling, but it expands our boundaries uh, at Kuribaya. It allows us to incorporate that Kambaya zone that hosts our best channel samples, our best rock samples to date. Uh, really, you know, when we sent down these two world-renowned consultants in February to conduct site visits, they came back and said, Kambaya is your number one target. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Bill Powers, and today I'm joined with Peter Dembicki. He is the CEO and president of Tier One Silver, as well as the senior vice president of exploration, Christian Rios. Gentlemen, welcome back onto the show. It has been a few months, I believe, since we last spoke. And Peter, you have now your DIA, which is your permit that allows you to continue to drill at your flagship Kurabaya project. Uh, this was a while in coming, but it's significant for the future of the company. Can you walk us through what this permit will allow you to do, please? Sure, Bill. Yeah, this this permit was big for Tier 1 as uh, we knew that we had something special at Kuribaya. And the permit allows us to not only expand our drilling, continue drilling, but it expands our boundaries uh, at Kuribaya. It allows us to incorporate that Kambaya zone that hosts our best channel samples, our best rock samples to date. Uh, really, you know, when we sent down these two world-renowned consultants in February to conduct site visits, they came back and said, Kambaya is your number one target. And I've, you know, I believe I've expressed this on our show before. It has that five, 600 more meters of elevation, which means five, 600 more meters of preserved precious metal target to go after. And so while we're waiting for the permit to come in, um, we had geologists up there working on it, channel sampling, rock sampling, kind of figuring it out. But now that permit is in, uh, it's great because not only does it uh, um, give us the next leg of opportunity, it shows what Christian and his team down in Peru are able to do, navigating the uh, the government and getting that permit in on an expedited fashion, uh, showing that Peru really is game on. And uh, even though the, the headline news may tell you different with some of the hostilities of some of the larger producing mines, it's business as usual for us explorers. And uh, and it's a, it's just a great... Great thing for for tier one to go after uh, this combined zone as well. As you know, especially in a depressed uh, junior mining market, investors are really concerned about permits. So now that you have this permit, we're looking at, I mean, at least 18 months of drilling you can do with this, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it gives us a, a big time horizon. And not only that, uh, it gives us a lot more possible holes per pad. You know, if people were following the story on our first permit, which is called an FTA that we had in place before, it allows us for um, uh, two holes per pad, which is really the definition of a, a needle in a haystack when you're separating your holes by 500 meters spacing or sometimes even a kilometer. So the fact that we're allowed up to 10 holes per pad, uh, that's 200 more possible holes we can get after. That is huge. That allows us to be very aggressive. And if we start hitting on one pad, uh, we can really fan out uh, those drill holes and go after it in, in an aggressive manner. Christian, can you speak to what you've been doing, whether it be desktop work or field work at Kurabaya to prepare yourself to determine where your next targets will be? Yeah, for sure. Well, we've been in the field doing work starting in June. So we are doing at the moment mapping, sampling, trenching. We did 20 trenches. We have at the moment 300 samples. We sent 154 samples to the lab, and we will have the results of those 154 samples this week or next one. And the second batch we just sent uh, last week, and we will have those results, I would say, in the next four weeks, approximately. 
So new results are coming this week or next one from our first batch. And also in the trenching that we are focusing Cambaya 1 and Cambaya 2, there are two corridors, Cambaya is now Cambaya 1 and 2. So we are finding the structures up to 20 meters. That's very important. And also we are sampling those. We will see the results soon. And in Cambaya 2, also we're seeing structures up to 10 meters. So we have two main corridors, two main structures. And with those widths, it's very interesting because it's getting wider. And this area, is the vertical potential is more than in the area drilled before. Also, the sampling that we had, the results that we have last year are better samples, and we will confirm those with the new results that are coming. Also, we've been talking with the CSMT group, um, Geophysics, and the plan is to start the mobilization the third week of August. So we have mapping, sampling, trenching, also the geophysics arranged to start soon. So we're advancing, progressing that in the field. And your hurricane project, you're at work at that uh, project as well, right? Yes, also in, in hurricane, we've been focusing on Magdalena structures, that's in the southern part, and that we, we have the access with, from the community. And we sampled there 150 samples. We sent also to the lab. We will have results soon. I will send the next two, three weeks. And now we move to the northern area, which is the nickel copper area, San Ciprano, Ñañuaico. We just finished Ñañuaico 10 days of the first pass. We saw the chargeability anomalies that had the previous group there. Uh, all the rocks that we're finding there, the metal sediments, we're finding new intrusives, also the ozone that they drill. And with disseminated pyrite, pyrotite, we will see the samples, the results that we get in the next three, four weeks. And we are defining there is a strong potential in exploration there. Uh, but the area is covered 60-70%. So geophysics here will be a good tool to explore in this area. Christian, are you noticing, has there been an increase in um, or decrease in lab time between when you give them the core and they give you the results? Has that been speeding up over the past year? I would say the speed is, uh, yeah, you we can see that a little, um, not much. Uh, before uh, pre-COVID times, it took maybe 21 days, 23 days. The results now is taking 40 days approximately. Um, but last year was a little bit more, maybe around 50 days in cases, 60 days. So it's increasing the speed a little bit more. Yeah, we, uh, we hope it's going to be better when we drill Curibaya. Peter, when you put together a drill plan, obviously you have to look at your money and then you have to look at the prospectivity. So can you maybe talk us through a little bit of your philosophy as an ex executive, as you're looking at the bank account and also what Christian is presenting you geophysically and all the data you're receiving? Yeah, Bill, good, good question. And, and it really ties into really market conditions as well, right? Because the livelihood of any junior exploration company comes down to the ability to raise capital, even if the project shows everything that is showing to go after we have to be able to to go and raise money to do it um so in order for that to happen the capital markets have to be positioned to to support us there and so you know we we just came off a, a private placement where we raised 6.1 million canadian on our own uh in a private placement and uh that was a real testament to the group to, to ivan to myself to everyone that supported us in the capital markets and really to our, our current shareholder base who uh, provided about 80, 85% of that, that raise. Um, so when looking at the treasury and saying, okay, um, you know, how are we going to attack this? Uh, we're being super methodical in everything that we're doing. Uh, last drill program around silver was at $30 an ounce. Everyone was just throwing money at any kind of 
prospect that we could come up with. And, uh, you know, we, in our first raise that we did where we raised 13 and a half million before we even listed, you know, we had an order book of 30, 40 million. And, you know, we took what we thought we could use at the time thinking that, okay, if silver stays around this area, but no one really projected silver to go all the way down to $17 an ounce. So now that we've had a nice little bounce off the bottom, uh, we're still very, very cautious in what we're spending. So yeah, keeping a, a real eye on treasury and we're not going to really go a, a huge aggressive drill program uh, until Christian and the group, you know, we come back and analyze all these channel samples and to make sure that we have 20 really solid targets at Curabaya to go after in the silver. And also after the, the geophysics that we're conducting for the porphyry target uh, to really ensure that it's, it's within scope to go after. Only then will we put together the, you know, the full scope of the drill program to go after. And if we need to top up treasury in order to really go test it, we'll do it. But again, everything relies on, on market conditions. Uh, so it's, um, you know, it doesn't really matter these days how great your project is. Uh, if the market's not there, uh, the money probably won't be either. So we're being very, very prudent. Uh, we're cutting everything that we can at every corner to, to ensure that every dollar is being used, you know, really wisely. So you came from the brokerage side of the business. So, you know, you talk to people like me all day, you know, investor psychology, the emotional swings we go through. You've been swimming upstream since you listed with the silver price going from 30 down to $18. So how have you consoled or talked through some of the concerns or frustrations of tier one silver investors because of the share price selling off? Yeah, you know, that's great, Bill. Uh, and I'm still really close to a lot of my old broker colleagues at Canaccord and other firms. So my heart had went out to them, you know, April, May, June, when it was really, uh, really bleak uh, out there. And I guess the difference being uh, here at Tier 1 is, you know, dealing with shareholders, uh, if you compare them to clients, well, as a broker, you're probably... 200 plus clients. And if you're a transactional broker, maybe you're following, you know, 70, 75 plus different stories. You have to be a quasi expert in each one of those, whether it be, um, you know, banks, financials, insurers, healthcare, tech, uh, and, and mining. Uh, but here having one story to follow and to really, you know, to, to, to be in love with, um, I was able to kind of not have that pit in my stomach that I did as a broker, because as a broker, you're looking into the abyss, uh, the, the market, movements and the velocity of money is, you know, going to determine how you act and how you, 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 uh, you manage money for, for clients, which is really important. But for us, knowing that our project had only gotten exponentially better since we started and nothing has changed, right? Um, those metals in the ground, whether it be silver, gold, copper, or at hurricane, the, 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 the base, you know, battery metals that we've encountered, those have been there for 50 plus million years. It's people above ground that screw everything up, right? And so knowing that the project is there and the project is quality uh, really kept me at ease. And regardless of what my parents have, have told me or, or the other guys, we're not special. Um, you know, every other company is, is going through something really similar from the majors all the way down to the junior exploration companies on a, on a relative basis. And so, you know, if, if uh, silver or gold or copper were at, you know, all-time highs and really tearing, and, and, but tier one still wasn't achieving that, then yeah, there's obviously cause for concern. Why aren't you guys taking part in this, this wave, right? So um, really the shareholders have been fantastic. 
they call in, uh, they ask for project updates, what they're seeing, has it gotten any better, any different? The political stuff has always been uh, headlined because, you know, is, is that the reason why we're down? And you go, no, like, look, listen, to, look at the price of silver and look at our comps, look at our peers, look at the majors, um, everything uh, has, has come down in, in a significant way. Uh, but I think those comments from the Fed the other week uh, really lend to uh, these rate hikes, maybe, uh, you know, maybe not uh, stopping, but not being as aggressive. And I think this is going to be so good for precious metals. Uh, I really do think it's going to be the catalyst to take it to the next level. And as we approach, you know, another political headwind with the um, with the midterm elections, too, I think it'll have a lot of play uh, all, in, all in favor of precious metals. So um, I think the setup is great for us. And I know we always, when we believe in something so much, we look for everything that, you know, is in our favor. Uh, but really, it's it's been, uh, I think, a good setup for us here. And shareholders have been, have been absolutely fantastic because uh, tier one shareholders are really smart and intelligent as well. And they understand the project is is legit. And so they're being patient and, and um, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better better uh, support system here. And then Peter, in conclusion, the next data that investors should look for would be the channel samples, I believe, and then announcing your drill program at Curabaya. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we'll have channel samples, rock samples coming out of uh, Curabaya or Cambaya zones, which will, you know, if you can connect the dots, figure out our new targets, uh, couple that with the, the channel samples that we had gotten uh, previously through our, our exploration in 2021. And then obviously results coming out of Hurricane, you know, what, what do these incredible copper, nickel, cobalt, um, platinum, palladium numbers mean? Where are you going to go with this uh, how are you going to go about targeting it and what's the next phase up there? Uh, and then, of course, you know, rolling out the drill program and getting that drill to ground. And, and the part that we all live for uh, is to get drilling. And that's that's the key. So look for for news, as Christian said, coming out uh, over the next you know four to five weeks. I'll never put a time on it, Bill, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to come and, uh, and we'll be screaming from the rooftop when it is time. But it looks like it's going to be a really busy fall and you're going to be hearing a lot from us. Uh, and it's really exciting. Company's website is tier1silver.com, ticker symbol TSLV in Toronto and TSLVF in the States. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show and providing this update. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. 
The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.